Hey kiddos, welcome to Dad Feelings, the podcast about fictional father figures and real life dads. And this episode is one of the latter category. I am joined today by Greg Pollock, who you may know as Weed Guy 420 Boner on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you for for coming on the show. Oh yeah, it's it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's so great to to talk to you about this stuff because um, I think we've been mutual followers for probably a couple of years now. Uh, this is the first time that we are speaking, and that is sort of one of the secret, uh, you know, motivations of of doing podcasts. I think <laughs> is to talk to people. Uh, you know, to emerge from my cave and and speak to someone once a week. Um, and um, we've well, sort of dad stuff has sort of have have come up. I think one time you called me, uh, you said that I was the true anti dad um, because <laughs> because I really love the sound of water running in in the walls oh or in the God. house. Um, I, don't rem- I-, I don't remember that, but that is um, I stand by it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I guess very wasteful. Um, something a, a dad might worry about, and um, and yeah, you are you are a dad yourself. Oh yeah, I'm a I'm a big time dad. Big big time um, dad. Yeah, so I I have two kids, um, and I'm not going to say their names because, as you've um, alluded to, uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty pretty online, and so uh, yeah, I have a, a daughter. She is four and a half, and then my son is two and a half. I'll call them like the girl and the boy, or my son and my daughter, because mm-hmm. um, while you know I'm okay with people knowing my name. Uh, you know, the internet is not yeah. always cool. And so, yeah, uh, with all of my other, my other, you know, Twitter dad friends, everyone has kind of the same, the same line there where it's like, you just don't put your kids' names online because, totally. uh, <laughs> you know, because people like to uh, tell you to kill yourself and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, that's a, a really common thing uh, for a lot of parents I know. And something that I guess is kind of new, like, um, and and sort of an aspect of micro fame that I've never really had to think about because it's one thing, you know, to be someone who is sort of famous to like a very small group of people and totally unknown to everyone else and not have any of like the traditional um, structures of fame. You know, it's one thing to deal with that on your own, but then when yeah. you have kids involved, like that's a whole thing that people are having to figure out how to deal with. Yeah, I mean, it's not... It's not so bad for me, especially compared to some of my friends, because I'm I'm pretty nice online, and also like no one gives a shit about me. So like the the mobs like do not come from me in the same way they do for you know lots of other people. So I I, I you know pretty rarely get the people telling me to kill myself kind of thing. But even in my daughter's life, when you know she's she's four and a half, going on five now, when she was born, then I was extremely happy and um, proud of that and would put pictures of her as a baby on my Twitter account because most of the people who follow me on Twitter are like respectful and cool. And I consider them on some level, like friends or potential friends. Um, But, uh, but, but even since then, then, well, I mean, a lot of it has to do with political changes and it's like, Oh yeah. Like, like Nazis are not a, uh, not like a theoretical bad guy, but like real guys on the, on the same website, on these pictures. So um, yeah, I'd say like, even with, the very small amount of attention that I get online, then I have withdrawn from, from how much I want to talk about, you know, my family there. Yeah. That makes total sense to me. Um, and you mentioned like you have like dad Twitter friends. Do you have like a DM <laughs> thread or something or like a Facebook group? I'm really curious. Um, so we, we used to all be in uh, a Twitter DM and then, and there was sort of um, uh, a big collection of, 
I don't know, not on, not weird Twitter dads, but like my friends who um, are on Twitter. And then we also had the dad side DM, which was just like the four, <laughs> the for when it was like when it was seriously like let's talk about let's talk about plumbing. And like it was even too dad core for like our <laughs> our contemporaries. Um, but now, yeah, now we have migrated to Slack because um, like Twitter DMs are a bad. There's like a bad way to talk to people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and yeah, we, you know, so the way, the way it's worked out, interestingly, is um, the, we don't have to have a separate channel because they're just like, they're our dad hours. So like 5 a.m. to 8 a.m., <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wake up and um, get my coffee and it's like, it's just dad talk. It's like the most boring shit in the world. Um, and then I, and then as part of that, then I see, you know, the, t- the talk from like 11 p.m. to 2, 2 a.m., uh, it's like the the late night boy talk and that's a whole different category <laughs> stuff. I love that so much. I love the the like the slack being really popping off at like five to eight in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, I mean, so it's a combination of getting up early and um and you know people on the east coast, but yeah. So like by the time by the time I'm waking up, and it's like it's like oh man, I feel bad. I gotta get my coffee. I need I need some quiet. I need to you know, perform my morning toilet. Then like, yeah, I get the, Oh, I took the kids to school and you know, they threw up in the car or whatever. Um, it's <laughs> yeah. Oh, a lot of, a lot of dad action in the morning. It's like yeah. fishing. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have to, yeah, get up real early. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. I, yeah, I don't know that I've talked to anyone else who had like a, that what are kind of, what are your hours? My hours. What are your like daily? Oh man, they're not dad hours. I, am, <laughs> I knew they I weren't going to be. I keep anti dad hours. I try to. I aspire to dad hours because, um, and for me, dad hours have have you know. I think they extend beyond this sort of early having you know young kids kind of period because my mm-hmm. dad has always gotten up at like five in the morning regardless of whether or not he has work. Um, mm-hmm. And so I really want to be that. And like for, I try, I have a schedule where I'm like, I try to get up at like eight. So I would miss the end of, of dad yeah. hours. Um, but yeah, I'm like def- eight to like midnight, I guess. Yeah. Those are, those are good. Yeah. So here's the thing is like, it's like a, it's like there is no try. Like if you try to get up at 5am, then you're going to get, you're going to be exhausted. It's awful. Mm. Um, but here's like the really like frightening thing for me is that recently I've started like, I'll wake up at five more or less naturally. And, and it used to be like, Oh fuck, I need to go back to sleep. I have, you know, several more hours of sleep. And now it's like, you know what? I'm just going to get up. And, um, yeah. So it's just like, my body is just really leaning into it and like developing, um, like it's, it thinks things are normal that were not normal before. Like I'm like growing wings kind of. (laughs) I like that. I like that. I don't, yeah, I do have, um, the closest thing that I have to the experience of having children, which is not close at all. Uh, is having a cat and um she i've had her for like three or four years at this point and uh in the last six months she's developed this habit of um because i was living with my mom for a while and she started feeding her uh like tuna like twice a day mm-hmm. like when she got up for work and when she got home so my cat now has like locked in her brain as like oh it's like seven in the morning is is just tuna time <laughs> um so you better get up and give me that tuna that I crave and uh, she'll just, so she will wake me up. I usually go back to sleep though. So maybe I should just like power through. Oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to let you in on another dad trope that you probably would not know. 
so kids are just fucking insane for chocolate milk. It is, <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. So that was the thing that, um, you know, your cat um, and, and her love of tuna reminded me of that because, yeah, so that's like we had this problem where they would get out of bed too early. Uh, and like they would, you know, they'd not be well rested. They'd be little, little shits, um, cause they are tired. And, um, and so it's like, cool. You have to stay in bed till six 30. We have a little owl that lights up and plays a song when it's time to get out of bed. So they can, you know, they can, <laughs> they can like, get feedback on whether it's okay to get up. Um, and then the, uh, the kicker is, you know, if you stay in bed until six 30, then you get chocolate milk. Um, so, so they Whoa. got super into it and that's like. Yeah. So that's the first thing my son says to me every day is, can I have chocolate milk? Uh, <laughs> even if like, he's like crying in his room and I come in and like rub his back and it's like, Hey man, it's okay. And he's like, I want chocolate milk. It's, it's all they care about. <laughs> it, like it, yeah. Like rewires their brain. That's, that's good though. That's like a, a pro strat, um, to get them to sleep on. Yeah, and they and they don't have um, you know, like conservation of volume, like they don't understand like what's a, a large amount. So I mm. give them they get like three ounces of chocolate milk, but um they gotta have that hit like first thing in the morning. <laughs> He'll even my son will even drink rancid chocolate milk, which I I never oh. give him intentionally. But yeah, like I give him the chocolate milk and then my daughter's like, Oh, it tastes gross. And I'm like, Yeah, it tastes fucking awful. I can't believe you drink that. But my son is like he's like, No, let me finish. Yeah, like, he has to have it. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, these kids—they just love chocolate milk. They're just crazy yeah, for it. Days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was the thing I used to. I, I, um, with my dad. Like, I mean, I wasn't that young. I was in like, you know, junior high or something. And uh, we would go and like, I would like get out of bed on like a winter morning and just be like, "This sucks. I hate this." Yeah. And he'd just be like, "All right, well, let's go to the bakery and get a hot chocolate." Mm. And I'd be like, "Yes." Yeah, that sounds yes. that sounds dope <laughs> as hell. So that that is like kind of the same theory, I guess, of of parenting. Except for me, it was yeah. I had to get up because I was a teen, not um, not he had to keep me asleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Their like relationship to sleep is so different. Where um, you know, as as babies, and they need to nap many times, and they go down to one mm-hmm. nap, and then uh, my son is weaning off of napping altogether. And on the weekends, when I'm like, I, I gotta go, I gotta go nap. And they're like, no, we don't want to nap. I'm like, you're not going to nap, but like, I need to. I'm I'm old now. This is this is what's good to me. I don't drink chocolate milk, and I need to nap. <laughs> uh, yeah. Are you are you a big big nap fan? No, it's really just if I'm. Um, so this is another thing. When I was when I was younger, then I would well, I'd need to nap because I was hungover, and I would I would nap for like two hours and like go through a full sleep cycle. Mm. But now I do I can do the thing that my dad used to do. I can do a thirty minute nap and like and it's all I need. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm telling you, they're, yeah, they're like, um, yeah, like big like 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 uh, biological changes I feel happening to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, like um, I don't know, like when stuff like like when when um, when when men like acquire the ability to lactate at, a, at like the level to sustain an infant because the mom's not around or whatever, I feel like I'm going through that kind of like my body is reorganizing itself inside to <laughs> to like <laughs> to like to go to bed and make good choices about when I go to bed and like just get me up early and um, I feel like it's probably shutting down like large parts of my brain to do so. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't need those parts anyway. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, speaking of. Um, like rewiring the brain. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, one of the things I wanted to tell you about, um, which I think is kind of interesting in the the context of this podcast and talking about 
you know, often media mm-hmm. is like my kids, uh, relationship with media mm. because it's, it's so like, um, it's the opposite of the way like the Academy conceives of like a text where it's like, okay, cool. Here's the text. And then like you can, you consume it or read it or whatever. And now mm-hmm. you know about the thing and it's all, it's all backwards for my kids. So like they did not, they love they totally bought into all of the branded bullshit, um, like uh, Marvel stuff. Um, the Disney stuff, you name it, but they, they've like never, they've, they have virtually no experience of narratives about those characters. They don't know anything about huh. those characters. So like my daughter's first experience of princess stuff was she went to Disney on ice, um, which is, you know, like skating and stuff. And she got a, uh, an Elsa doll. Um, and then comes home. She's like totally bought into frozen, but, but she doesn't know the movie frozen or like the way an, <laughs> uh, like an adult would approach it would be like frozen is the text, the movie frozen. But for her, it's really all of the, like the satellite objects that we think of as like, you know, the, the crap, the, the consumer crap that like is the text for her. And the mm. same thing for my son. He's like, I love Batman. It's like, dude, you don't know a single thing about Matt Batman. Like you have <laughs> like Batman is the dude on your underwear. You, you don't, you don't know who Bruce Wayne is. You don't know. You don't know anything about Batman except that like you think he's cool. Um, and so to me, it's like, it's, that's so, that's such like an interesting way to think about um, or to like reverse the way that I think about what is, um, you know, what is, and is not the text for, uh, like a TV show or whatever, you know, there's, there's the show. And so if you go and watch it, like I, I asked you about, or I told you, I know a lot about Moana cause I have seen that text a lot. Um, but really like most of our experiences, you know, these, these sort of like the toys or like their pajamas, all this like ancillary crap, um, that really like is what their experience of that, those characters are. Yeah. That's, really fascinating and i feel like that is actually something that is kind of not limited to kids anymore like i feel like it's something maybe that um that traditionally has been associated with 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 children but like if you look at something like the marvel cinematic universe the amount of like fan output and stuff that is dedicated to that that is more just about like oh let's take captain america and he works in a coffee shop now and uh I have like I don't care about the movie. It's just like he works in a coffee shop and Bucky comes in every day and like they fall in love or something. Like <laughs> it's just like about these characters as sort of these like transposable like icons in the same way that it seems to be for your kids of like oh I think this this is cool this this, this image is really cool like I'm not yeah, so exactly. concerned about the narrative I just love these these things or these these guys. Yeah yeah it, uh, yeah. When I started thinking about it, I was like yeah this is of course the way that it operates for me without thinking it and I just assumed or I had like a a canon centric, you know, approach to, to what, a like a media property is, but of course, yeah, the same thing for me where, and not to be super online about it, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, Twitter is like an interesting way to be exposed to fragments of, um, you know, of, of other media discourses where it's like, I don't know anything about this, this manga or this anime or whatever it is. And I'm just suddenly seeing like, you know, two panels of it that I think are cool or someone thought they were cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so that's one thing that I, uh, my kids have taught me. <laughs> so I'm curious, like, uh, with, with like kids media, one thing that I hear about a lot from newish parents is that they like children have a different relationship to like, to like screened images than adults do where like, they don't get bored by like watching the same <laughs> thing over and over sometimes. Is that something you've, you've experienced? Oh yeah. I mean, it's definitely magical and um like entrancing for 
for my daughter. For my son, it's I think at, at some age that um, capacity kicks in, and I think they're they're sort of related. Where it's like, I don't know that it's like the bright light that is entrancing. Although I mean, I know there are like theories about uh, you know like as as apes or whatever. Then like shining lights would be water sources or whatever. But <laughs> but I, I, I've <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to go down that path. But I, I mean, I, I definitely noticed like an age where where yeah it becomes really interesting and i think it has to do with uh with the ability to to process narrative continuity mm. so like yeah my daughter wants to watch a, a, as much tv as possible whereas my son will just like wander away like we put the movie sing on for them over the weekend because i was tired and i needed to rest and so yeah she'll she'll sit there and watch um yeah an, an hour two hour movie but for him i think like yeah that sort of that fragmentariness is something that you have to you have to learn and be taught that you're supposed to put those together into a whole. And for him, it's like, oh yeah, cool. There's like a there's a fucking raccoon. Sorry, if I, I don't know if I'm supposed to not curse on this. You I, can cuss, yeah, it's fine. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, like his takeaways from it are like, oh, like why was there a raccoon? And it's like I don't know, man. I didn't watch the movie, but my daughter would be like. <laughs> She's like very concerned about all of the conflict and like understanding that, you know, every character had a happy resolution and all this kind of stuff for her. Like, yeah, it's all, it's all strung together. Mm. And for him, I can understand that. Like, it's just like, oh yeah, if these, if, if this was like abstract art, which I think is the way he, he perceives it, then, um, you just get, you get bored and sort of walk away. Mm -hmm. But yeah, her, for her, I think then, um, I mean, I assume it's kind of like a, like a Noam Chomsky type thing where, you know, baby kids, baby humans have the ability to, to acquire like the infrastructure for narrative building. And then when they're in that phase, then like, yeah, it's just like all of the, all of the resources are going into like, how do I, how do I build narratives? And then like getting super ad addicted to anything that looks like a narrative. <laughs> yeah. So have you like been ex like learned a lot about children's media? Like, would you have watched Moana otherwise? Do you think? Um, you know, I watched, so it's interesting, like bef several years ago, um, then I was in, I was in grad school for, for literature and I watched like a lot of kids movies because I was interested in them as cultural artifacts and mm -hmm. specifically like the way animals are represented and like anthropomorphism and stuff like that. So like I, I have watched them before, but like the way that I watch them now is so different. Um, and I guess like I would watch like, uh, I would watch, <laughs> uh, um, anime movies that are also appropriate for kids because they are like beautiful art. I'd watch that. Um, but like frozen, I don't know. I don't know if I would have watched frozen if I didn't have a kid who wanted to watch it mm -hmm. now, however, um, now what happens is so we watch a, a movie and yeah, like my, my daughter, um, is good at processing narrative, but also like it's, she's working, she's working to get good at that. And so there, there are so many questions about why did X happen? How is it causally related to, and then like, so I have to memorize the movie basically so I can, <laughs> so, I, so I can like replay it to her or, um, you know, like how memory is like both like a, a read and a write function. So she'll ask me questions and it's like, well, I didn't, I don't, con I didn't consciously try to remember this fact, but now I have to like recall it and tell her about it. So I've, I've narrated essentially every event in Moana to her, um, which, yeah, there's like this, yeah, it's a, a very like, uh, so I guess like on, on one end, there's all this fragmentary stuff where it doesn't connect at all. And on the other end, there's like the will to, to narrative. And there, like, I have to be able to make everything make sense. Mm. 
one one thing that I really like about Moana is that we've dug into <laughs> it super deep. So like, why does everyone do everything they do? And it all right. hangs together and has like good, humane motivations and explanations. Hmm. And honestly, this is probably like my daughter's uh, biggest exposure to to religion is me explaining what a demigod is, which <laughs> because. Uh, <laughs> So Maui is a demigod, and she's like, "What's a demigod?" It's like, "Oh man, well, I've not <laughs> right." Like I, I haven't, That's I've tough, not taught yeah. her anything. It's like, okay, cool. So now we're getting into what gods are, and now I'm going to also have to tell you about like what our Christian friends are going to be saying is true. Uh, and so that's been sort of yeah, that's been the entry point for every conversation about um, <laughs> like yeah forces beyond humanity. Yeah, that's um, wild. That that is like, yeah, a tough, uh, a tough concept because it just has all these concepts behind it that that like require yeah this like scaffolding to get to that point of being like, well, <laughs> this is a god, and like this may be sort of like beyond uh, a comprehension of like a small child. But then, what if there was a god that was part god? So I'm going to play you a movie called Disney's Hercules, and that's going to clear up some questions. Um, and don't become a fan of Hades because it turns out that his voice actor is like a really bad dude. Yeah, it's, it's um, so it's yeah. So like on one hand, like she has all of the information that's in the movie, right? So mm-hmm. she knows Maui is super strong. Um, he lives a long time, you know, possibly immortal. Um, he can shapeshift, and then we also have other gods and demigods and monsters involved with it. But then, yeah, it's like. Uh, I have to, I, I have to present it, you know, within the frame of, well, this is how it is within Moana because she's going to just take it as fact that, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that, that islands are in fact, you know, like giant material goddesses who have lain down in the ocean. And like, it's all like, like, like separating what sort of fact within a frame and what's like, what's fact outside of that frame. Ooh, yeah. That's like a really, a really hard thing to do. Right. Yeah. Like getting that sort of diegetic versus like, uh, whatever the other term is, um, (laughs) extra diet. I don't know. So Um, I've explained why Maui and Moana do everything they do. mm -hmm. And the explanations I give are ones that I, I like to give her that, um, Maui does some, some stupid things, but it's because he's ultimately insecure about himself. And he, so he does all these great feats to help people because he wants to earn their love. Um, but he wants to earn it because he ultimately, you know, is afraid you know, he's insecure. And so like, and, and he gets the resolution that makes sense for that, where essentially he becomes friends with, with Moana. He, you know, uh, experiences vulnerability, allows her to see that. And then, um, you know, her, her love and friendship is what sort of makes that whole. That's like a, I'm okay. Like explaining all of that to my kid. What fucking sucks is if you show your kid like the little mermaid and Ooh, yeah, it's like, it's not like a text, like you have to problematize it. It's like, like, is there anything, is there anything good in this that I can tell a little girl? <laughs> Cause it's just like, it's fucking beautiful art and like catchy songs. And then like every, every ma- like narrative driver is like something I do not want her to, to think is like, I don't, I don't want to make normal for her. Yeah. No, that is one of those movies that, uh, woof. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, not, not great. Like, yeah. Like you say, you don't even really have to dig deep on that one. And like, even the, even the resolution is like. Uh, it's Prince Eric driving like a fucking giant boat into the heart of giant Ursula. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, you solve your problems by killing people. All right. Uh, <laughs> like en- end, end of movie. Right. Yeah. No, these ones, some of those sound like they would be tough to like sort of 
frame, I guess, for for a kid. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, what I do is I just chuck them. So yeah. Um, so like we have. So speaking of sort of like yeah, like fan fiction and, and ancillary text. Like we have this big collection of Disney. Oh, we have several collections of Disney princess stories. And all of them are like nice and normal. So there's like five minute princess stories and like five minute princess adventure stories. And it's just like normal shit. Like the 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 non-adventure ones. It's seriously like Snow White uh wanted to make a pie, so she went out and like got some berries with her friends and they got lost and then they found the way home. And it's like cool. That's like that's what Snow White <laughs> is now. That's that's mm-hmm. the canonical Snow White. Yep. 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 That seems good. That's yeah. I mean, yeah, because like Disney I know has sort of like like Disney princesses is a kind of brand of its own now and so you can sort of like there is there are ample opportunities to like have kids like interact with these characters without them reading the original texts which are like necessarily uh, you know their origins are maybe you know not so uh uplifting or principled or whatever right or even like they don't even – they're, like, from such a different world. So this is another right, right. Ex- example. Um, so I don't know. A, a few years ago then I was with my family and it was my sister's birthday. And so we got a cake, a princess cake because um, my daughter was there and, you know, she was the only kid at the time. And so it has um, the the Cinderella, uh, not Snow White, but Cinderella. I don't know. It had, had some of the princesses. And then so um, my daughter was like, oh, what what is the pink one's name? And like out of like ten adults, like no one could name who Sleeping Beauty was. So then we pulled up the Wikipedia page, right? And it's like Aurora. And yeah, I learned about um like you're saying, Disney has this idea of like the Disney princesses who are kind of like they have like two grades of, of mm-hmm. princess. So you have like your your flagship princesses like like Frozen, I think Moana's up there, the ones who can like, you know, hang on their own, and then like <laughs> Yeah, just like like the Avengers or like the B team of princesses yeah, like your, who are all top tier and then like <laughs> Yeah. The rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so like yeah, if you're like you don't make it, then you get bumped down to um yeah, like like Farm League Princess. Um and yeah, and they're all sort of aggregated together and, and it's like everyone's like, So what is even the story of Sleeping Beauty? And like we had to look it up on Wikipedia and write it and it's like, eh, I don't know if we need that. But um <laughs> yeah, just like all these all these princesses who have these stories that um I don't know, they made sense to like Hans Christian Anderson, but like right. th- like the the world has changed. Sure, yeah. Um, well, at least with Sleeping Beauty, you, you can just do, like, Maleficent instead. Um, yeah. Like, that's a better movie. Um, okay, so something Is that... Is that good? I, I, I didn't see that. Uh, yeah, no, I think it was it was fun. Um, and it was, like... Yeah, I, I think it was it was fun. I watched it, I think, on an airplane, but uh, I was actually like, wow, I would have actually oh, seen cool. that movie. Yeah. That's good. Um, something that really... That I've been thinking about a lot lately, because it, for some reason, keeps coming up on my other show is um the weird state of kids media on youtube um and like there's two main things that i am just really boggled by uh one is like the surprise egg videos i don't know if you've heard of those um so no my kids access to youtube is um well it's it's entirely mediated by me and my knowledge which is not very deep mm -hmm. but i will (laughs) Tell me about Surprise Egg, and then I'll tell you about um, how I use YouTube. Okay, so, well, there's two things. There's the Surprise Eggs, which are basically just, like, I think the original idea was, like, 
just some disembodied hands opening up a bunch of kinder eggs and like showing the things that are in them but <laughs> it's sort of expanded to like creating like just sort of creating your own eggs and putting random toys in them and just opening them up and being like look here's elsa <laughs> but the other genre of youtube videos for kids that really just like terrifies me is um there's like this elsa spider-man thing where like yeah it's just it's elsa and spider-man like adults dressed up as those characters just like doing things and those videos all have millions of views and i can't tell if it's because of bots or because of just like kids hitting like you know re reload over and over again on these videos because they're ostensibly for kids but they just look so creepy yeah this this came up in dad chat um i'm i'm only i'm very very new to this i think it's maybe like a couple weeks ago and yeah everyone was just kind of like yeah what the fuck like <laughs> who 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 would think to make this and then like why were they so right that there's an audience for it or yeah mm -hmm. or what what's going on so my kids do not watch that i bet they would because they would watch anything that they're allowed to <laughs> um and maybe i mean maybe that's the right level of just like the the so like yeah the 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 hard part of narrative is when you have to, when I have to like explain like what words mean basically, or like mm. why people say things. But if it's just, if it's pure image and it's like, like it is, yeah, it is what it is. Like Spider-Man's running down the road and um, like some aliens. Are I, I watched one of these and it was like all these skeletons came up out of a, the ground and then like chased them. I think they killed someone. Uh, <laughs> but like, but every, but it's like, you know, it was, it, it was purely literal and there was nothing, there's nothing beyond it. It's just like, yeah, it, it is what it is. I, I have perfect comprehension <laughs> of what's happening in this movie. Yeah, it seems probably good to uh, keep your kids <laughs> away from that. <laughs> they just seem so unwholesome somehow. I don't know what it is, yeah. but yeah, just very unsettling. Yeah, it has the um, it, the whole thing is like prelude to a porn, and, and it does feel that way. It, yeah, yeah, and so it's just like where, like, the, where is this going? I don't know. It, it gives me that that uneasy, like, I have a storm feeling. Mm -hmm. Like it would make sense mm -hmm. to me. It would make more sense to me if it's like, oh, now we're gonna take our clothes off and fuck. Like that would. That's like a right. complete. Uh... Yeah, that would be almost more wholesome in a way of just like this is finishing <laughs> this narrative that we expect. Yeah. Um, so, um, so what my kids watch on YouTube um, are octopus videos. So octopus videos. Um, yes. Yeah, so I don't know when they got into octopuses or pie. Um, it may have been like I got them a stuffed toy. Um, it may just be like as soon as they saw octopuses, they realized they're the, like super fucking cool and weird. But. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like whenever <laughs> there was like one time when my my son hit his head and we had to go get stitches and he just watched octopus videos and like he was you know didn't cry at all as long as he was watching an octopus video. So whenever he's doing something he doesn't like, um, like getting his hair cut or something, and there's one. <laughs> the challenge is like getting one that has like lots of that hard hard hitting octopus footage because mm. like if it's an hour long documentary, then there's a lot of like talking and like driving yeah. around in the ocean and stuff like that, and like. He just wants to see an octopus moving around. Nothing better than mm -hmm. that. <laughs> but uh, what I've, you know, I've learned a lot of octopus facts because um, all of them are sort of geared around like all these crazy facts about octopuses. Um, so I, actually, I, I strongly recommend watching octopus fact videos. They're, they're fascinating creatures. Hmm. Yeah, I know. Fascinating and terrifying. Yep. Anyway, that was, that was probably enough, probably enough octopus talk. <laughs> no, uh, but that, that also <laughs> brings up something that I've never really thought about, which is that like... Um, I mean, obviously, I I hear a lot about, like, oh, kids and screens, just sort of, like, in the abstract. But, like, um, the idea of, like, having access to something that could, like, soothe your child while they're doing something unpleasant, like getting a haircut or, like, getting, you know, being in a yeah. hospital. Um, 
and of course there have always been other other means of doing that but like yeah that seems really great actually that seems like a really great like use of like of you know an ipad or a phone or a computer or whatever like if i could have while i was getting a haircut or something as a kid like been watching maybe not octopuses but you know something um like yeah, that yeah. with with fewer limbs um that would have been dope <laughs> yeah yeah truly i mean it, um it's so good for for airplanes um now mm. it's like we get on the airplane it's just like you can watch frozen for as long as you want <laughs> like i'm gonna be i'm gonna be watching movies so i can't you know can't judge you on that but yeah it's like if the alternative is like i don't know uh like bite on a rag while we stitch your head up versus right. um, <laughs> it's no contest rag always loses yeah, <laughs> yeah poor rag <laughs> one of the other things i like about moana and yeah juxtaposing it to like earlier princess stuff is just like the rep like representational diversity and um so like my daughter's super into moana she has like a moana bathing suit and i don't know if this is like i don't know like old old white guy um you know pseudo wokeness but like to me it's really cool that she wears a bathing suit with a brown girl on it and uh like like a, like a definitely a brown person is like you know the cool the hero here mm. and um and yeah it's like not even a consideration in like cinderella or whatever it's just like yeah like the whiter the better um and i think that is i think like the like moana has been recognized for getting a lot of stuff right in terms of how it represents um you know non-white people non-white cultures um and and you know having a cast that i think is all or mostly like polynesian um but yeah it's like it's cool it's like my my daughter can grow up with like you know other other people being represented um as her hero and i think that is that's cool for her the flip side the which um is is funny is uh so i went on amazon to find maui um pajamas for my son because he you know idolizes maui maui is like maui kicks ass he's he's the rock um and so they have these maui pajamas you might want to look these up to have a look at yourself mm -hmm. that are like they're like full length um you know pajamas and they are all like so maui is covered in tattoos that like document his various um accomplishments and feats and so forth and so that's what they are except like it's like it's like uh it's not blackface but it's like it's like like it's like on the road to blackface where it's like my son can dress up as a polynesian <laughs> guy <laughs> mm. and i was like i was like uh, i don't i don't know about that i don't know if he should yeah. have like a a full body polynesian guy suit <laughs> It's a little weird. It's, yeah, it's super weird. And like, I was even, uh, I was like pointing him in the direction of all the ones that have like pictures of Maui on them. And I was like, here, like, here's Maui. This is one, this is what you want, right? Like Maui pajamas. It's a picture of Maui, the guy you think is cool. And he's like, and you know, he's not like, doesn't have like ideal language skills, but he's like, no, I definitely want the ones where I am Maui. Right. Like, right. Oh. <laughs> it's like, it's so, it's so weird. Uh, but yeah, so that's, um, those are the the two consequences of uh, or the two like I don't know, my sides of like Moana gear, um, where one side is like, oh cool, like my my daughter is super duper white. She like I, I don't know how, but she's like as fair as can be, um, and I'm I'm not. And she, yeah, she has like the Moana bathing suit, and I think that's really cool. And then my son actually looks more like me. Um, wants the pajamas that I will not buy him because I do not think they are appropriate. <laughs> yeah, I know that is, um, 
complicated, right? Because of course, (laughs) of course, kids are going to want to be, um, you know, the hero or whatever. And then like, it's kind of difficult when that means embodying someone else. Yeah. And like, you know, kids aren't (laughs) thinking about that, but like, you know, as, as adults, um, that's something that you're, you're like, Hmm, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's probably complicated enough that I don't think I'm going to like even try to fully work through it. But it's right. like you can you can put a Batman mask on or like whatever, that's fine. In some way, yeah, I don't think you can put on um that identity. So maybe we we'll, we'll just won't we won't buy those pajamas and that'll solve the problem. Yeah, just don't buy the pajamas. <laughs> well, this has been super fun. I've learned so much about um <laughs> about Moana and about how kids process narrative um and it was just super fascinating. Um Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. I um yeah, I spend a lot of time thinking about this stuff and uh you know, my kids don't want to hear about it. So, it's good to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, good to have someone else to talk to. Yeah, no problem. Um all right, well, that will do it for us this week. Um thank you all for listening. Uh we are still in the middle of our Staming support month. So if you haven't already, please do head over to staming.vip where you'll find all kinds of ways that you can support the network, many of which do not cost you any money at all, such as uh reviewing the show or our other show on iTunes um or filling out our listener survey um which is super helpful to us. So thank you for doing that in advance or if you already have, that's amazing. Um, and Greg, thank you again for coming on. And um, I will talk to you all next week. Bye, kiddos. Dad Feelings is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Dad Feelings is a part of Stay Me, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Me at dadfeelings.com support. Our theme music is Swell Content by Speedy Ortiz off their album Foil Deer. Thanks to Car Park Records and Sadie Dupuy for letting us use it. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at DadFeelings and at StayMeanCo. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>